Tough loss for the Apple Sox in the series finale against the Cowboys Black Bears as they drop the rubber match by a 10-7 score on Thursday night. But Anchi won the series opener on Tuesday, fell Wednesday night, and had a decent chance to take the game on Thursday, leading at one point by a 4-0 score, even later, 5-3, but really just could not hold off the Cowlitz Black Bears offense late as Cowlitz scores five runs over the final three innings and goes on to pick up the 10-7 victory. I'm Joel Norman alongside Sam Paranunzi, and Sam, things got started off great for the Apple Sox. The RBI double from Michael Davini in the first inning, and after that, Wadachi scoring three times in the second, punctuated by a two-RBI triple by Joichiro Oyama. The 2-0 cracked down the third baseline. That is a fair ball toward the corner. Hall back, rounding third. He will score. Michael Davini chugging around, heading for second, and he's in there with a one-out RBI double in the bottom of the first, and the Apple Sox are on the board first here tonight. Davini delivers in the bottom of the first. Two and one the count to Joey Chiro. He swings and pokes one out toward deep right field. This one going back, and it is off the base of the fence. Extra bases for Oyama. He's chugging toward third, and he's going to get there with his fifth triple of the summer to score two runs and make it three to nothing Wenatchee here in the second inning. Oyama is now one triple away of really etching his name into Apple Sox history again. He's done it several times already this year. He is one away from matching Keston Hero's total back in 2015 for the Apple Sox single season franchise record. So things looking good for the Apple Sox at that point. It was four to nothing but the game far from over, as we soon found out. Yeah, far from over. The Apple Sox able to string together several hits, right? So game one and game two, we didn't necessarily see a lot of production as a result of hits. There were walks, there were hit by pitches, there were errors, but this was the first time that we saw the Apple Sox really working together as a strong offense, executing, identifying good pitches to hit. So you love to see that adjustment, especially from Joichiro Oyama, who had a tough night in game two, came out in game three with the triple and two two RBIs to really get things going for the Apple Sox. And at one point, had the lead, right? like you said, Joel, for nothing. So that's really kind of where things took a turn, and then you see the Black Bears respond, and that's where the shape of the game changed. It really was. You're exactly right. A three spot in that top of the third, that was the turning point. Three straight walks to open up the inning, a two-RBI single and a sack fly to make it a one-run ball game. Would actually would get a run back in the third, as with the bases loaded, Adam Fossil drew a one-out walk, but Joichiro Oyama struck out, and Matt Hallback, Popped out the short. Those are the two guys you wanted at the plate. Wadanchi unable to cash in. So that really stung. After yep. that, Callitz won in the fourth inning and then another in the fifth. Tied the game back up at that point. It was 5-5. Five to five. They would briefly take the lead. A one-out solo home run by Ben Ziegler in the seventh inning. But in the bottom half, the Apple Sox did answer back. Xander Arajudos delivered with a two-out RBI single. And Arquette striking out. Thought he just got to get him to put the ball in play. Apodaca's got great speed. Yep. As Orohudo slices one into center field and right on cue with two outs, ties this one up. Apodaca in the score. The X-Man comes through. Xander Orohudos, a RBI single up the middle. Apodaca in the score with two down. And we are tied up once again. It's 6-6 six to six here in the bottom of the seventh inning. 
However, that tie ball game, as we found out, that would be short-lived. Things kind of fell apart for Wadanchi in the eighth inning. Three runs scoring on two hits, a walk, a hit-by-pitch, a double, a home run. And, Sam, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, Hunter Gibson going out for that inning. He battled early on. Again, there were issues with the strike zone all night long, but things kind of discombobulated for Wadanchi in that eighth inning. I don't know. It's one of those things where you can't just chalk up the game to a tight strikeout strike zone by the umpire. You have to make adjustments. You have to change your game plan. And I think the production that happened as a result of that lack of strong mentality, honestly, from the Black Bears bullpen, you have to come out on the mound and look to make those adjustments. And we see the real big mistake happened with the home run RBI in the eighth from Sam Canton. That felt like it was really the nail in the coffin for the Apple Sox and their ability to battle back despite some of that adversity and that late middle portion of the game. I kind of felt the same way. Two runs scored on that double from Sweet Chick, but he was retired trying to stretch that over to third. So two outs in the inning, base is empty. You're thinking, okay, you yep. get out of this here. This is manageable. But yep. the home run from Canton, the second in as many innings, second no doubter in as many innings off of Gibson, that really didn't help. Gave them a three-run three lead. Cowlitz would get one more in the ninth before the Apple Sox struck with a two-out single by C.J. Horn. It brought it within striking distance, but it ultimately would not be enough. Adam Fossil would wrap up by grounding out a swinging bunt. Great play over on the third base side from Cade McGee, flipping over to first to get the final out and picking up the series victory for the Black Bears. Sam, this one again got off to the start. The Sox wanted... And again, they out-hit the Black Bears on this one, thanks to that two-out RBI single by C.J. Horn. But it doesn't end the way the Sox wanted. No errors the second time in as many days. It's hard to pinpoint one thing that went wrong for Wadanchi. This was a game I thought in a lot of ways they played well enough to win. What do you think was really the difference in this one? I mean, frankly, you hate to chalk it up to things like energy or focus. Mm -hmm. You would love to be able to pinpoint something like, you know, my curveball wasn't on tonight, or I, the team wasn't able to make adjustments against the pincher on this pitch. But I don't think that was the case. I think the biggest moment, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that, that Sam Canton home run. Not only did that change the performance uh, on the mound from that point forward, but that changed the entire energy of the stadium. It got dead silent. Those are the types of home runs from the away team yeah. that completely take away the momentum and deflate the energy in the stadium. Felt like for a moment there the only noise in the park after the crack of the bat, of course, was the Cowlitz dugout. Yeah. Understandably, very fired up in that moment. Wenatchee suddenly heads down to over, I should say, to Kamloops this coming weekend with some must-win games coming up against the North Paws. Let's run through the numbers. Cowlitz scores 10 runs, 9 hits, 3 errors, and leaves 6 men on the base paths. Wenatchee, 7 runs on 10 hits, no errors, and 11 men left on. And let's talk about some of those numbers. First off, the Apple Sox out-hit the Black Bears but lose. Wenatchee falls to 20-8 and eight when out-hitting their opponent this season. The no errors committed marked the second time in the last three games of the series that the Apple Sox were error-free against the Black Bears, and also the second time in the series, this time in as many days, they strand at least 11 men on the base paths and lose. Six men left on base in this one, Sam, for Cowlitz. 11 for Wadanchi. You look back on Wednesday, Wadanchi left 13 men on, 8 men left on for Cowlitz. We said it last night, it's a similar theme here tonight, just in a closer game. The opportunities were there, the Sox just didn't cash in enough. Certainly left on the table. I think, you know, if I look back at my notes, one of the things that sticks out to me the most about this game is it's almost like in the ninth we reverted back to the Apple Sox team that lost in such a big fashion in game two, right? If 
if Sherrod doesn't ground out into a double play back uh, in his fifth at bat on the night, then you would have one runner on, one out, and that's where Arquette comes up, hits a single. You have another single from Horn that then ends up scoring a run. That might have been two runs by that yeah. point. That would have changed the deficit and closed that gap even more. And he would have been able to stretch this inning out a little bit farther, so it would have been a closer game. So not only do you have that, but you just have those missed opportunities left on the table. You can't just chalk up a game to a tight strike zone from an umpire because tight strike zones are always going to happen. Yeah, You're always going to have an inconsistent or changing strike zone. That's a part of that's a part of what makes baseball both good and bad. Right. So, oh, um, yeah, no, I think you make a good point. It's it's hard to look back and say that that's what it was. But, um, you know, leaving those opportunities on the table and kind of a, a couple of miscues from the Apple Sox here tonight in critical moments. That hurt them, especially that third inning. I look back at them. They loaded up the bases with one out, a single strikeout, single walk. C.J. Horn drawing that to load them up. Adam Fossil draws a walk. Base is loaded. One run just scored. But then Joichiro Oyama and Matt Hallback both record back-to-back outs. Oyama striking out, and then Hallback popping out the short. To me, that was a point where you could have put this game out of reach. Yep. If you get, I, I think, even two runs that inning, or two more runs that inning, you got the one. The inning ended, it was a 5-3 to three score. If you make it 7-3 to three going into the fourth inning, I think it completely changes the dynamic of the game. Yeah. And Cowlitz is probably shifting their their pitching options a little bit even more. Well, I'll even one-up you. Go to the sixth, right? Calix strikes back. You got a close game. Mm-hmm. And after the Oyama strikeout and Hallback flyout, same thing happens in the top in the bottom of the sixth, right? You have a runner on base. Oyama comes up, no outs. Yeah. Strikes out again. And then following that up, Hallback ground out to get out number two. So then all of a sudden, you have two different opportunities after the Calix strike back. And it's just opportunities left on the table. So I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to sound like a broken record here, but it's hard to move past some of these little moments that you have jotted down in your scorebook. Oh, I agree. Uh, The thing that surprised me with this series was Matt Hallback. Uh, 0 for 5 tonight in the series. He went 1 for 14 at the plate. This is a guy entering Tuesday's action, hitting 348 this summer, and that obviously taking a hit. So I'm expecting him to bounce back this weekend, and the Sox need him to out of that two spot in the batting order. Oyama is kind of the the straw that stirs the drink for this Apple Sox team. (laughs) Every night he finds a way. Two hits tonight, even with those two strikeouts. But you look at Hallback, though, that's a guy who's usually able to plate him, able to get another rally going. If Oyama can't do it, they need him to be back on track, and I think he will be uh, this coming weekend. I mentioned Oyama. We've got to mention this. He is one triple now away from tying an Apple Sox single-season record for triples. His fifth of the season, that scored a pair in the second inning. He is one away now from Keston Hira's total in 2015. Remarkable company that he might be able to join there. Oyama is already the Apple Sox single-season record holder for stolen bases and runs scored and just continuing to add to those. Sam will be on the road this weekend with the Apple Sox as they take on the Kamloops North Paws. Uh, Sam, enjoy your first road trip with the Sox and hey, bring back some wins here. We need Appreciate a series it. victory. Looking forward to the opportunity. Looking forward to a couple fun games with some Apple Sox fans. So we'll have a great time. We'll it bring you be. some wins, Joel. We'll and miss you. That's what we need. That's what we need. Sam will have the games this weekend beginning tomorrow night where the Apple Sox face the North Paws at 6.35 p.m. Prior to Thursday night's game, I had a chance to catch up with Apple Sox reliever Connor Ashworth. Give a listen. 
Connor, it had been almost, what, a month and a half since the last time that you had pitched. That was back in the middle of June. Explain to fans you know, why you were out and also what it meant to get back out on the bump last night. Uh, yeah, it meant a lot just kind of coming out here and being able to watch the team, but it was good to be out there and compete for the team again. You were out with the team pretty much that whole time in between the last time that you pitched. What did that mean to stay a part of the group even if you weren't able to get on the field in that time? Yeah, I just knew if I wasn't here, it kind of would – you know, not really feel like I was a part of the team anymore, but wanted to keep coming and support the guys and kind of just helped out in the long run. Probably helped having a couple of guys you already knew on this team, Quincy Vassar, yeah. Corey Gerald, some Brewster guys. What did that mean to be playing with some guys you played with in high school as well? Uh, yeah, just playing with guys I grew up with just makes things a lot easier. How important is it, how nice has it been for you to play here in Wenatchee, semi-close to home? You can head over to Brewster whenever you want. What has it meant to be playing closer to home and having fans on hand to watch you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels great just being out here, seeing guys that I've grown up with and uh, parents I've talked to growing up with and seeing them out here supporting is pretty cool. Inning in a third for you last night. We're chatting with Connor Ashworth ahead of tonight's game between the Apple Sox and the Black Bears. You were talking to me a moment ago. You were kind of on a pitch count limit, so to speak. But what were some things you liked about what you did last night on the bump? Um, I was happy with it. Just kind of, you know, got some outs, had a walk. But um, I liked it overall. I thought it was a good month and a half taking off and coming back and doing that. I was happy with it. You're going to Montana State Billings. Uh, you made that commitment, I think it was about a little less than a month ago now. Uh, what excites you about that program? Switching over from Spokane Falls, got to be nice making that jump. What would you like about joining Billings? Um, I just know their pitching coach is really good, and uh, a couple guys coming with me from Spokane, so I'm excited to go work with them. Got to be cool having those guys coming over, guys. You're already used to competing with at the college level. Who, who are the other guys going with you? Uh, Brent Bramlin and Andy Evans. Okay, uh, that's pretty cool. So what are some things you're trying to work on the rest of the summer here with the Apple Sox? We're in the home stretch, bit of a postseason run. You're looking to get a few more outings in. What are some things you're looking to specifically do? Um, yeah, I'm just kind of developing some new pitches right now, so I'm trying to get some live action with those. Which pitches are you working on right now? Uh, last night, the debuted a new uh, changeup, and okay. it worked pretty well, so <laughs> no, keep going with that. No runs allowed, so you can't complain, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Connor, thank you for joining us. Go get it the next time you're out on the yeah. bump. Thank you. That'll do it for this edition of the Apple Sox podcast. Wadanchi is on the road this weekend to take on the Kamloops Northpaws, and I won't be there. Uh, Apple Sox uh, former pitching coach Tyler Von Drasic is getting married. I'm actually going to his wedding, so looking forward to that, but I will be away. So we may be having a few less podcasts coming up this weekend, but uh, Sam Paranunzi will be controlling the play-by-play on the Apple Sox radio network, so make sure to listen to the games regardless. 6.35 p.m. on Friday night when Wenatchee takes on Kamloops at Norbrock Stadium. I'm Joel Norman, and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Apple Sox podcast.